0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Adaptation Station podcast. This is your host, Nicole. I'm a former special education teacher and current ABA therapist at a private center. This podcast will be filled with tips and tricks for helping you not only be the best special education teacher you can be in the classroom, but live the best life you can live outside of the classroom as well. After all, I'm all about balance. I hope you guys are excited. Let's jump on in. Guys, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have a co-host, Heather from Full Speed Ahead. You guys are probably pretty familiar with her because she's been on a lot of my podcasts by now. But today, we're going to be talking about getting parent input on the IEP process. And this is something that really should start as soon as the parents join your classroom. So, even if the IEP is not due until April, April should not be the first time you're talking to a family that joins your classroom in August. So. Heather, when, well, I guess I should let you introduce yourself first. (laughs) Can you introduce yourself to people who maybe don't know you?
1: Of course, hi everyone. I'm Heather from Full Speed Ahead. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and I also have a website and a blog. Um, I've been a special education teacher now for seven years. Uh, I am an online teacher right now. So communication and making parents a part of the IEP process is so important.
0: Sorry about that, guys. Heather's been on probably like six podcasts by now. So I just, I knew her intro in my head. I rolled right into the questions. But (laughs) so our first question for today's podcast is when you have a new family joining your classroom. So it's not a family that's coming back. It's a brand new family. How do you set up that initial relationship? For
1: sure. As soon as I get a parent email, a parent address, um, I try to send a letter or an email or a phone call, anything to get the ball rolling, right? They're not going to reach out to you in nine times out of 10. Um, But occasionally you might have that family that reaches out first. Um, But once you get that name and you realize there's a new student or a new family joining your class, you really got to bridge that gap for communication immediately um, and set that up and start building that foundation so that you can be, successful.
0: And then a lot of us have our students for two, three, four years. That's not unusual in our classrooms. Uh, Just because a family has been with you for three years does does not mean that they don't still need nurturing with that relationship. So how does that look like once you've established that relationship? How do you keep in contact with the families month after month, year after year?
1: Yeah, so at the beginning of the year, the beginning of the time that I have a family, um, I always ask them how do they want to be contacted? So do they want an email? Do they would rather have a phone call because it's more personal? Um, so I start with figuring out what's easiest for them. Maybe they're really busy and email is great for them. Um, so I make sure I accommodate whatever is easiest for them. Um, then I ask them how frequently would they love to be communicated with? Um, so I have some families that want a daily log or a daily um, report home. And so I'll make sure there's a little bit of a write-up of how their child did that day, what they learned, what we struggled with, anything um, that they want to know if that's a daily thing. If it's a weekly thing, I might do the same thing just on a Friday um, or send an email or send a phone call at least once a week for them if that works. Um, If For the families that aren't communicating as often Um, I really just try to make sure every couple weeks I send an email or a phone call if I can um, just to make sure that they know I'm still here to support them Um, even if they don't reply back or don't give me a call back that's fine but I'm still giving you that information um, to make you feel supported and you're a part of this classroom as well
0: Perfect, and then when it comes time for the actual IEP, how do you get that input when you're starting to work for that annual review?
1: So I have a a Google form with a parent IEP process um, input form, I call it. Um, I have it in Spanish and in English, and I send that out to families when I send my notification of conference or the initial setup of the IEP. Um, And so in an email, I have the notification of conference attached saying this is when your child's IEP is up. Um, we have about a month, month and a half, however long I have um, before I set it up. And then I'll send this Google form for them to, it's like, I think 10 questions of, what is your child doing well at? Um, what did your child wish you knew they could do? Um, so like, what are your hopes and dreams for them? What do you want them to do before high school? Cause I have middle school students um, and anything else you want me to know. So that helps me have an idea of where they are from a parent standpoint, um, what they'd like to see them do, where you'd like to see them go. Um, And then I also put in a little blurb at the bottom of what is most important for you? Is it academics? Is it functional living? Is it independent living? Um, Is it OT? Is it speech? Um, And then parents get to kind of check that box and decide, you know, I really want academics to be the heavy focus. And that's the most important. Um, And so we work on that. Um, and that way, parents feel a little bit a part of the
0: process as well. Speaking about parents being part of the process, we know that it's required. You, can, you cannot have a strong IEP without the parents having input. Outside of the fact that it is required, why do you feel like it's really important to have parents feel like they are involved in the IEP process?
1: So you are making an educational decision for their child. Um, and... <laughs> I still feel like we're at a point as special education that parents feel disconnected from the schools. They don't feel a part of it. Um, They feel like they just show up to meetings and we throw things at them, um, but they really don't get a say. Yes, we send home a draft, um, but I feel like there's a lot of disconnect still So I don't want it to be us and them, school and home. It needs to be a partnership and a collaboration um, because then you're going to have that support, that trust, um, that understanding that you are going to take care of their child when they're not with the parents um, or the family or however it is. Um, So I really feel that is what you need to hone in on um, is do you want the parents to trust you? Do you want the parents to understand where you're coming from when you have to have those tough conversations? Um, So that all kind of goes into building that partnership and that communication and collaboration.
0: Absolutely. But then what do you do if you have a family that you're struggling to get that input? You're, You're trying and you're just not having it reciprocated. What does that look like and how do you move forward in the IEP process?
1: For sure. Um, So I know there's opportunities that you reach out, you send an email, follow up with a phone call, there's still no response, no response. It's so frustrating. And I get that. Um, But when the opportunity does come in the IEP, if the parent shows up, if the parent phones in for the IEP, there's the opportunity for you to ask. You have that contact with them at some point. um, And you need to make sure you can ask those questions. What do you think your child does really well? You know, what would you like to see them do in the future? Um, Is there anything specific you'd like us to work on at home for you, at school, anything you need us to support you at home? Um, You know, and you can start that communication there. And that's typically where I start the IEP meeting after introductions and everything, is if the parent hasn't given any input, please tell us, what do you like about your child? What don't you like about your child? What can we help you, um, you know, reach higher goals and get better at Um, and hopefully that communication comes. I know sometimes parents go, oh no they're fine, I have nothing to say Um, and that's that's difficult for us because we're making a one-sided decision as a school team. Um, But you really need to try to build that connection regardless. You're still asking the questions um, and I know it's frustrating and difficult when you have families that don't participate in that process.
0: Another thing that I just want to stick in here is you might be able to be the person that advocates and kind of slows down the process. I don't know if anybody else has had this situation, but I worked at a really big school. We had over a thousand kids in an elementary school. We had several self contained programs in addition to our children with IEPs that were in general education and classrooms, and it was a very tight schedule. And so an hour would be scheduled for the IEP. And sometimes there'd be pressure to get that all done in the hour. Sometimes I had to be the person that said, we're going to have to take longer than an hour because the mom needs and deserves seven minutes to talk. And so Mm -hmm. the mom or dad or guardian, especially if they're they're nervous, they're feeling intimidated. It's, you know, like Heather said, if they're feeling it's a school versus them and there's only one or two of them and there's six other people, they might not feel like they can stop the meeting to talk through it. So as a teacher, it might be my responsibility. To stop the meeting and give them time to talk, give them the time that they need to talk. And another thing is, parents do not have to sign the IEP meeting at that the IEP at that meeting. So if they need to go home and read it over, they have the right to do that. And again, as a teacher, I needed to make sure that they knew they had the right to do that. Parents should never ever feel pressure to sign the IEP. And you might have to be the person that reminds everybody they don't have to sign that today. Take it home let's talk about it again. So when we're looking at that process of the IEP, what does your communication look like right before the IEP, during I, the IEP, and after the IEP? Because again, just because you walk out of that room doesn't mean that that process is over.
1: Yeah, of course. So the communication needs to be a constant communication, like with goal updates. Before goal updates, you need to know um, the parents in the family. Families need to know where their child is at, um, if they're going to meet the goal, not meet the goal, um, because you don't want to spring it on them at the IEP going, we never met the goal and we're just going to move forward and do the goal again next year. Um, You know, they need to make sure that what you're doing in the classroom um, is going to, that communication is going to be different than an IEP, right? We try to keep that separate but you kind of need to intermingle it too so that constant communication for what they want an email a phone call a weekly phone call a, a monthly newsletter whatever it is for that communication that needs to be coming before during and after um and during the iep is when you're going to show that empathy and understanding of where they're coming from um, the things they've been through and like you said sometimes we just need To listen to them for seven minutes as they need to talk about something that's happened or that's on their mind. Um, And so that's what that's going to look like during and then right after the IEP. I always try to um, Right after the IEP, I always try to um, communicate with them a day or two after Um, so maybe not right after Maybe it was heated. Maybe it was fine, Um, but parents need time to digest all of this information that was just thrown at them at the IEP meeting. Um, So typically a day or two after I'll follow up and say, hey, just wanted to check in if you had any other questions or comments about the IEP meeting, how are you feeling about it? Um, Do you feel like we have a clear plan? Um, Because you still have 10 days to make a change before that IEP is active. Um, So, and some families don't know that, but they, they can still make changes throughout. So maybe they've read through the goal, and they didn't like how it was worded, or the present level, there was a phrase that didn't sound right to them, whatever it is. Um, so that's what that looks like.
0: Perfect. Is there anything else that you want to share about this uh, process for getting parent input for IEPs? Um, really, just be a listening ear
1: for parents. Um, like I said, some of them may be more reserved without sharing information with you. Um, just keep trying to communicate with them. Um, and really try to see where they're coming from. I know sometimes I like to talk to parents about their journey um, and how they've gotten from baby to toddler to child to now middle schooler um, and try to share that process and go, wow, I saw that you got the diagnosis years ago. You know, um, you don't wanna rehash any wounds or anything, Um, but really just listening to their story sometimes gives you a better picture of, wow, they've been working on the same goal or similar goal for years. Maybe it's time to change it up. Maybe it's time to, um, you know, think about a bigger picture. Um, And sometimes parents just, when you have random conversations with them, they may say something like, oh, they don't drink from a cup at home. You're like, what? They drink from a cup at school. Why aren't they doing it at home? And so sometimes that, helps me get a clearer idea of how I can support them at home. I don't wanna step over a boundary line if they're not comfortable with that, but I can say, I tried X, Y, and Z um, to make them um, drink from a cup at home.
0: It's okay, this is Heather's dog in the background. (laughs) Mine is still asleep on the other side of the podcast interview. (laughs) All right, well, thank you so much and I'm gonna have a couple of resources for everybody linked in the show notes. I know that we have blogs, we can find some freebies, things like that for you guys to be able to access. so be sure to check out the show notes section of the podcast and thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you like what you heard, I' greatly appreciate if you left me some feedback. And if you want to hear more, go ahead and give me a follow. While you're at it, come say hi on social media. You can find me at Adaptation Station on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and you can visit me at AdaptationStation.net. I can't wait to bring you guys the next episode, and I'll talk again soon.